You're listening to Rock's Heart Radio. This month, Roxana Moran welcomes Annapurna Kinney, who shares details on her work to understand plaque morphology and stable CAD. Hello, it's Roxana Moran from Mount Sinai Hospital on Rock's Heart Radio, and I'm really, really thrilled with my guest today, who is my also my partner and a, a really, really great mentor in the cath lab, Dr. Annapurna Kinney who is an endowed Zena and Michael A. Wiener, professor of medicine, director of the cardiac cath lab at Mount Sinai. She's also program director of interventional cardiology fellowship and director of the structural heart intervention. She is uh, an incredible leader, um, certainly in, in performance of PCI and heart valve interventions, but we're just so lucky to have her here to talk to us about Yellow 3. She's just returning from ACC 2023, where groundbreaking science was presented by the work that she's done with a tremendous amount of love and uh, enthusiasm and and great care to make this happen. So welcome, Dr. Kinney. I'm going to call you Anu. Is that okay? Yes. Yes, Roxana. And thank you for uh, having me uh, on your podcast. Yes. You know, it's really wonderful to have you. And it's your first time here, which is kind of odd. Uh, we should have had you many, many, when there are so many topics we can choose to kind of talk to you about. I know you are doing so many great things, but today we want to talk about your incredible diligence in trying to understand better plaque morphology with using intravascular imaging and the, the yellow programs that you instituted when I first arrived at Mount Sinai back in 2010 or 2011. Can you tell us about these programs and then how we got to yellow three because there had to be a yellow one and yellow two. Yeah, uh, thank you, Roxana, again. And then uh, let me start with the yellow, you know, story and series. So when yellow one, essentially, uh, why did we start this? Um, it was all patients with stable CAD uh, wanted to learn exactly what happens uh, to this uh, plaques. Uh, on stable CAD patients. So in yellow one, we took patients, we wanted to uh, see if patients with known significant uh, CAD, which means we did FFR first, if FFR positive, then we imaged them. Uh, At that time, uh, it was only ultrasound, uh, which is IVUS and uh, chemogram, which was the NEARS. These were the two things that were available. We did that and followed them only for about uh, eight weeks because they were uh, patients with a significant lesion. Uh, why we did that was uh, hoping if really something changes in this uh, patient's plaque, then FFR will become negative when they come back and uh, we can just treat them medically, uh, no need to stent. Uh, but uh, what we found, we randomized patient to regular uh, statin therapy, uh, standard of care or aggressive therapy which was rosuvastatin. So patients who got a rosuvastatin definitely decreased their LCBI, the lipid in this lesion. Um, but nothing else changed. IVAS did not change. FFR did not change. And that was uh, what the conclusion was that it was too short a time. Uh, maybe we long needed a longer follow-up on this patient. Another thing also we learned about 30% of these patients were end stage. We never saw any lipid. So when we went to yellow two, uh, we change our inclusion criteria. At that time, we wanted to make sure there is lipid. Uh, we also used the uh, OCT, which just came uh, 
uh, into existence at that time. And what OCT showed was uh, that we could see the covering of the plaque, which was called the cap. And more and more uh, studies were being shown that you know, the cap thickness was very important in understanding the plaque stability. So how does, how does this plaque change? What, how exactly the lipid goes outside? So that we wanted to understand and wanted to see the role of HDL. Everybody talks a lot on LDL. So we did what is called as cholesterol efflux in yellow too. So we did cholesterol efflux. We used OCT to understand what happens to the cap. And we added on to have a deeper down look at the genetic profiling of these patients. So we found that efflux actually correlated with improvement of a cap. So that which was what our theory was, that is what we also found. And another thing was that uh, the genes that actually were upregulated were all the genes that were responsible for cholesterol metabolism, smooth muscle cell, as well as uh, in uh, the efflux. So everything was making sense. But these were the patients only on statins, because at that by that time, it was already the guidelines that everybody had to be on statin for secondary prevention. Uh, it was... Uh, you know, standard of care, you could not go away from the standard of care therapy. Then when we finished yellow 2 PCSK9 came into the market. And uh, we also had, we found uh, certain patients, about 10, 15% of the patients were not responding to statin. So we thought, let's go on to yellow 3. So we understand who exactly are these patients who are, uh, you know, responding to statin now, and can they be the one do, will they do better if they get PCSK9? So in, when we came to PCSK9, the entry criteria was now non-obstructive coronary disease because we wanted a longer follow-up, um, about 26 weeks on a PCSK9. And we wanted to make sure they had yeah, enough lipid because we want to exactly know what happens to the lipid when PCSK9 was given. And what was by then, again, it was already standard of care that they had to be on statin. So patient had to be on statin for four weeks. They came to the lab, whether they had PCI or no PCI, then we wanted to make sure the LDL was already low on the statin therapy. And then we did the imaging. We made sure there was enough lipid. Once we saw that there was enough lipid on OCT, we did the NIRS. Patients then got evolucumab, 140 milligram, Every two weeks for 26 weeks, when they came back, we remitted the uh, imaging. So what I presented ACC was the imaging part, which showed that cap improved, LCBI decreased. And uh, we always know from the previous studies also that IVAS takes a longer time, uh, could be up to two years or so. So, but we still saw, you know, the uh, even on the IVAS, the plaque volume decreased. So what we expected is ex actually what uh, we found in this group of patients. And they were stable CAD because most of the other DC of I mean, trials were done on uh, patients with uh, acute coronary syndrome, acute MI. But why did we study stable CAD? Because that's the uh, patient population we see. And uh, as you know, the acute MI numbers are going down. Um, I think what we need to you know, our community, what we need to know and help the patients are patients with stable CAD. Yeah, no, I think one of the nicest thing about this study is that one, you chose stable CAD. Two, you did two different modalities of imaging, 
you instituted a very, very robust reduction in LDL and immediately and eloquently showed that not only the plaque morphology changed, but that the anatomically, there was a thickening of the fibrous cap, which is just incredible. And it's something that's been seen and done in acute MI, not with this type of a quick thing, but but, but not in stable coronary disease. So I think that uh, this is incredibly important and adds a lot. And it takes a village to do these studies. I know how difficult it is. You know, you want to talk a little bit about the team you built there now at Mount Sinai, totally dedicated to these studies. And how are you able to, you know, enroll patients like this? I think our listeners would like to learn from you. I mean, these were stable coronary disease patients who also had some non-obstructive lesion outside of the culprit vessel. And you imaged both using NIRS and OCT and then instituted this 26-week period of treatment with a PCSK9 inhibitor and then brought them back and re-imaged them. This is a lot of work. You want to tell us a little bit about what you've assembled there at Mount Sinai and what you're hoping to do in the future? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the clinical research that we're doing, of course, is led by you there, that the imaging lab, which, you know, we have built is uh, Yulia that runs, uh, who is uh, the director. But more important is we always have some postdoc fellows who are coming from Japan. And these are dedicated people. Dedicated means they come in the morning uh, when I arrive and they don't leave until I leave to make sure all the procedures are done. There's no other patients. Um, they'll wait longer if other uh, you know, people are there and they need any imaging work done. And uh, you know, the clinical uh, research team that uh, you have built also is excellent in the sense we will go through the patients. Uh, if they already have prior angiogram, we look at them. We, uh, so we know in the morning uh, during board rounds that a lot of patients are already screened. So we pick a good four to five number of cases will be consented. It's not that every consented patient will uh, end up on the table because their uh, LDL criteria is there and then the imaging criteria is there. So all this had to you know, align for the patient to be enrolled. But I think with great teamwork with a lot of people involved and um, you know, uh, since our volume also is based mostly also on the stable CAD, a lot of patients being referred for electively for cath pos And we have several... Uh, you know, conferences, we always talk about the research trial we have and the referring doctors all are very happy that we uh, approach their patients um, and we uh, consent their patients. So I think uh, all these activities actually helped us to get this uh, going. The complete, you know, first patient to the last patient was about uh, uh, 20 months time. Yes. Uh, the future will be that we got to, like I mentioned, uh, we did blood tests at the baseline as well as follow-up. We'll understand exactly this time we are going to do microRNA and uh, get a deep dive understanding of what this patient's uh, transcriptomic profile is, maybe protein mix to understand what are these microRNAs doing in these patients. Hopefully, we'll come up with some kind of a biomarker to understand who are responders, who are non-responders to start in from our previous trial then from the current trial, who are responders, not responders to PCSK9, have a biomarker, and then have what's called as a personalized medicine uh, for a patient, uh, not uh, that one size fits all. So each patient that comes to our center, 
hopefully we'll be able to give them a you know answer for uh, patients who are doing everything right or they still have some progression of disease exactly what should be the medication the dose of medication in this patient that is the future goal yeah i, I really want to want to congratulate you anu this is just monumental huge amount of work i've watched you work tirelessly on on this project for the last 12 years to see it presented on the big screen with such a beautiful way and having everyone wanting to, you know, get a piece of it. It just was so exciting to see. But I love the fact that you as an interventionist are going, is it from intervention to prevention? Or (laughs) what are you doing? Are you becoming a prevent? Because I know that you also do a lot of life uh, changes for for patients and you're um, your director of our health program at Mount Sinai, sort of personal health and cardiovascular health and yoga and good cooking and all kinds of things, uh, you know, and, and uh, regardless of the fact that you're also a mother and uh, taking care of things at home, I mean, just so many things you've got on your plate. But is this, uh, are you, are you going to give up the cath lab and now come into prevention? What's going on? Tell us. Uh, no, I mean, I will continue doing my work in the cath lab because um, I love that job. But uh, why I'm saying prevention is, um, I mean, what we are seeing is tip of the iceberg. When they are in the lab, it's uh, almost uh, end stage. So I think I want to make the society aware. Hmm? You want to put yourself out of business. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to make society aware that at least there is what's called as lifestyle modification. And those are the guidelines. You have to have lifestyle modification, then be on some simple therapy. If that does not work, then go to the next level. Or, you know, that's when they come to see me. But something that I want to uh, work on and uh, let's see. Well, where, where I we just go. think it's so fitting to have you here today. You know, we we tried to do the do the recording at ACC, but today is International Women's Day, so I wanna I wanna congratulate you and wish you a happy uh, International Women's Day. And uh, and I think it's it's exciting to have you, and we look forward to having you on our program many many more times. Thank you for being with us, and we hope to see you very very soon. Thank you, Roxana, and I wish you a happy interval. Uh, International Women's Day. I know you do a lot and lot for women. You're a, a lot of programs okay. and you're woman as one. And, you know, I really wish a mm-hmm. lot of success and thank we'll work you. together for uh, more women's programs. And I, I love your support and we really thank you for all of that too. And with that, we're going to sign off of uh, this episode of Rocks Heart Radio. Thank you all for listening. Keep listening. We'll be back to you soon. <laughs>